Hey guys, welcome to episode 77 of the JV Club with my friend and guest Ursula Whitaker. Ursula is uh, a dear friend of mine whom I have had the pleasure of doing uh, a lot of traveling with because she is married to the marvelous Oscar Nunez. You may know him uh, from The Office or from the film The Proposal. He is always marvelous and hilarious. Ursula is also marvelous and hilarious. She is an actress, writer, and producer in her own right and is also the mother of quite a darling, darling young daughter. Uh, I want to get into some shout outs. I want to first acknowledge, as always, Jules and Victoria for just being my my uh, backup producers and coming to uh, basically do whatever thing I desperately need help with that I can't get done. Uh, they've not once been like, sorry. Um, so thank you girls so much. And I don't mean girls in a condescending way. It's just, listen. You're my girls. Uh, I want to thank for your emails. I want to thank Chris and Jessica B, John R, and Nissa. Congrats to Nissa. I want to thank on Facebook, Nicole. Uh, And Nicole, guys, posted something about, uh, if you check out the Facebook posts on the JV Club page, she's asking about good books for her, her, is it her sister or her cousin? I'm sorry, I don't have it right in front of me, Nicole, but uh, is traveling to Africa and needs good books to bring for girls ages 10 to 15. And she's welcoming your suggestions and i know that you guys will have good suggestions for that heather uh w i loved your picture of the paul of tompkins surf suit as inspired by my conversation with sarah watkins uh allison thanks for putting that picture of kahooty up kahooty is this um commercial uh kind of fortune teller cootie catcher that you can buy it looks enormous and I don't know if I like the way it looks in general. I got a bad feeling about it. What do you guys think? Uh, on the Jane Nerdist page, thank you guys so much for your comments. You know who you are. Um, I'm not going to break it down because I have a lot of Twitter people I want to thank really quickly. So forgive me for that. I uh, want to remind everyone to check out the Unslut Project, the Kickstarter campaign for the Unslut Project. Uh, I want to thank Terry B. Hi, Terry. Uh, on Twitter, I want to thank Gabe. Oh, my sweet, sweet Gabe posted. Um, I just actually retweeted it, but um, uh, some st- he wanted Jessica St. Clair and I to see this girl who had her wedding shot like Anne of Green Gables. It's all Anne of Green Gables. It's so awesome i'm obsessed uh brett w i love that you love the oz books charles yes i do love walter bishop so very much jim j uh i love that you were the type of person who would do batman transcripts um tina thank you so much for sending me that stuff i am not going to get too into what it is because it might spoil the kickstarter campaign but tina i want to acknowledge you and thank you again for sending me uh that thing that i needed um misty on twitter nicole b on twitter who also wanted psychic powers professor hagrid I can only assume you're the actual Professor Hagrid, uh, gave me a wonderful solution to um, Whitley's incredible shedding. Uh, I look forward to pursuing that. Uh, Nina on Twitter and Paul, who wants to check out the never-ending story. Like I said on Twitter, I hope it holds up. Um, That was a lot of shout-outs, guys, but uh, what can I say? You're communicative and fabulous. I hope you enjoy this episode, and uh, I certainly look forward to talking with you more in social media and next time on the podcast. Now entering Nerdist.com. I 
I just finished saying there's never an easy way to start these as if this is like a thing to dread. Listen, there's no easy way to say this, but welcome to the podcast. I'm so sorry. We're breaking My up. condolences. <laughs> <laughs> Ursula, I've brought you here today to tell you that our friendship is over. Oh. On mic. Okay. On the microphone. Wow. Um, 2013. This is very, listen, I can't do anything without the public having full frontal view mm-hmm. of every single moment in my life. Excellent. That's what reality TV has done for us. Everybody needs to know every personal tidbit. So Burning Love was not pretend for you? No, 100% real. Excellent. 100% And so real. you're a lesbian? I guess I must be. Okay. I guess I must be. I found out <laughs> while I was doing that show. Good. So it's all out in the open. Excellent. Um... Uh, and then the other thing that I was just saying before we started recording was that uh, that Oscar and Ursula's wedding um, was one of the most lovely weddings that I've been to, possibly the loveliest. Thank you. It was uh, it's definitely my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's reassuring. It is right. That's reassuring. I think that's probably what every wife or bride to be yeah. is probably panicked about that. Her wedding is going to be like the worst wedding she's ever been to. Right. And it's her own. Yeah. But I even remember asking you, I think I asked you at the wedding, is this, are you having the thing where that, that brides have sometimes where they are barely present for the wedding because it's just a whirlwind and all of that. And you were like, no, I'm really here. Like I'm here and I'm checked in and I'm. I'm experiencing, you know what I'm saying? Cause yes. like it doesn't, it, you didn't seem like it was, it wasn't that crazy whirlwind kind of event that I've been to weddings where I just feel, um, yeah, I just feel like oh, I never, I didn't see, I didn't spend any time with the people that I came to celebrate. I know. They didn't, they seemed like they were everywhere at once and that it, like the entire time they were just getting photos taken. And I just didn't have that experience with you guys. It felt like we, we hung out. It was, it was uh, nice and small. That helped. It was kind of funny in that uh, a couple of friends had said to me, um, when you're in the middle of standing up at the altar or whatever you know you want to call it, we had kind of like a, an arch. Um, they said, an arch. Uh, look down at your feet and, and say, this is where I'm at. And nice. um, I had no shoes on because I wanted to, we were on the sand. I wanted to be more grounded. And um, I did look down at my blue to- toenails. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and then there was a moment where um, our, we picked the craziest friend to marry us because we thought, you know, he's, he's so sweet and lovely and he's fun. Uh, and yes, he's going to say something that probably embarrasses us, uh-huh. but it'll be worth it uh-huh. because it'll be so fun. <laughs> And, um, to go into it anticipating yeah, being embarrassed. and he did. And great. he totally did embarrass me. Yeah. And I think... Um, I can't remember what he said. That he just kept talking. Oh, yeah. And he went on a tangent. Oh, yeah. I seem to remember you t- giving he, a really like, funny look to the crowd. He like, derailed. He's still talking. The, and he just went off into That's his right. head. And he was spinning. <laughs> and I I literally... Looked, and, I, and I said to him early on... I, I said, he said, you know, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth before the wedding. And I said, well, um, don't take it personally. I might give you a sign <laughs> to bring That's you fair. back. That's fair. And I did. I did. I was yeah. like, I gave him the let's round. <laughs> let's wind this up and get to, you know, the actual vows, which we came here to do. <laughs> and oh, uh, no. I don't know if that came out like I was a big ass. In no, front it of didn't. The, you know, friends and family. No, but I remember that he I now that you say all of this, I do remember 
him going off and I swear I seemed to remember you looking at the audience I did playing the straight man like playing the like the, of Dick and Tommy Smothers brothers like you were Dick looking at the crowd like yeah this is happening like he's definitely still talking <laughs> but we deserved it because yeah. we knew that he would surprise us in a way that would totally embarrass us and yeah. um I will say also that Oscar when he was walking down yeah. the aisle pretended to walk continue walking like he was confused see not that he didn't want to marry you it just he just did a comic bit like he didn't realize oh, no, he where didn't he want was to marry me to <laughs> he didn't want to marry me <laughs> but he knew but he wanted uh, to be with me yeah and he knew that that was important to me yeah uh, i say after uh, much cu- uh, couples not counseling yeah um he uh he loved P- he loves peter sellers in fact, he hangs in our living room. Yeah, there's a lot of Peter Sellers posters yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And that's a very Peter Sellers 100%. moment. He just kept walking down the aisle and past the, the I want to say hoopa. We're not Jewish. Yeah. It wasn't a hoopa. It was just a, a hoop. And he walked right past the hoop, straight out into the uh, towards the ocean. Yes. And uh, and then luckily, Eric, uh, our our man who married us uh, caught him and brought him back. <laughs> I missed it though. Oh, because yeah. I was like in the That's back, right. right? And so I heard everyone oh. laugh. And then later after the wedding, uh, people told me, and I saw it on the video. Okay. And I was like, oh, I missed the funniest bit. It was pretty funny in the it whole was wedding. Funny. Yeah, it was definitely funny. But yeah, it was good. It was just like very relaxed and. Everything, nothing felt, nothing felt like it took too long, except maybe Eric's uh, meanderings. Maybe I mean I don't remember thinking that, but um, but it was. But it, now now that you're saying it, it makes sense. And then and then just like nothing took, nothing was too too long or too short. It was just like everything was the right amount. It was like the ceremony was the right amount of time. The hangout and like kind of reception outside was the right amount of time. The going in and the eating and the dancing was the right amount of time. It was just very good. I. I made a couple of deals with myself, which um, really helped me. And if, uh, and I always tell anybody who's about to get married, who's a woman, um, the same, uh, which is when I was planning it, I kept saying, I'm just going to plan a party that I happen to get married at. Mm -hmm. And I just want us to have a good time. And uh, I remember one morning I woke up at like 5 a.m. panicked. And I couldn't sleep anymore. And all I, I was worried because I was like, oh, no, I've got to make those stupid cards with people's names and calligraphy. <laughs> and I've got to decide where everybody sits. Yeah. And by the end of the day, I was like, you know what? No. Yeah. On sets, people, there's like 100 yeah, more people. people will figure out where they're going to sit. Exactly. I appreciate that so much. I was like, I'm not telling people where to sit. And now I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Now I've just gotten rid of a whole bunch of like stress of like your mother and my aunt have to sit next to each other. Um, and then the second thing was, uh, the advice, which is kind of funny uh, to look around at your friends and family when you're up there and just kind of absorb that moment and look at your feet and like, you're right here. Oh, I just love that. And, uh, Funny or funnily enough, um, which funnily is a word. It is, but it's one of my it's it one of my sounds, favorites because it sounds such like yeah, a non word. Sounds wrong. Yeah. Uh, when I did that, Eric was off on a tangent, and then when he came back from his tangent, he then said, "Take a moment to look around." <laughs> He's one step and I was behind like, you, dude. You're so not present. <laughs> I just did that, and I was like, "All right, here we go." Take him in a second time. So I took him in a second time. And um, 
I had a, I had, we had a blast. Yeah. We actually had the most fun I think we've ever had at a party so much so that like when it was over, we were the most depressed we'd ever been. And our friends uh, luckily went to dinner with us that night, which was like a, a sweet consolation prize. Yeah. We stayed uh, at the nearby hotel uh, that night, but we, we were like, that was the best party of our lives. And it's over. You can't, (laughs) you can't have that same party next year. Right. I mean, I I was like, is that why people renew their vows really? So they can have a second awesome party. Well, what other circumstances? And this is like not to get too sex in the city on everybody, but that's one of the things that's tough about making the decision or, or thinking that that maybe isn't what you need to do. Um, and I remember thinking that even just inside of, you know, my relationship with Chris, which was, I don't think either one of us felt necessarily like it was important to be husband and wife, but there was a part of us that liked the idea of just having a reason to get everyone together. And so I do like the idea of whether it's a wedding or it's a non-wedding that you have occasion to gather, you know, the people that really are important to you and just get them all together. Cause it's as much about you guys getting to enjoy that, hopefully in in a perfect scenario that it doesn't, hopefully feel too much like obligation and like that it does you know i know the the trickiness of deciding how big or how small and how many people i know that that is like super stressful at least that would be for me but um but that when all said and done and you sort of made the tough decisions that it hopefully would be as much for you guys to be like oh my god i can't look at all these faces i love yeah i get to see them all at once this is a miracle especially with oscars and like his mom and you know being from a different country and um, I mean, weren't there people that like, it's, is, it wasn't there. there oh yeah. Definitely was like, it's amazing that everybody's here at the same time. I know probably, uh, mothers come up for most of your guests. I would imagine when you talk about mothers are a big deal to daughters. Yeah. Um, uh, but the fact that my mother was able to show up and, and the circumstances about her, that was a really big deal. I mean, yeah. She always wanted to see me get married. It was a very big deal for her. Um, but uh, she uh, suffered from mental illness. And um, in her head, she's always had, like she would make so much stress about, especially if you give somebody, um, if you would give her advance warning, she would spend whatever time you gave her spinning in her head yeah. at uh, what she should wear, who would be there, uh, what might go wrong, what might go wrong, that she inevitably would show up, up six hours late or when it was over or not show up at all. Yeah. My stepmom, who's always been, she showed up in my life when I was four and she was like the first, I always like, I, I say she's the first adult on the scene of my childhood. Yeah. And, uh, and she really was my mom figure. Um, she would talk to my real mom, take her phone calls for like six months leading up to our wedding and like talk her down from her tree mm. and say, no, you're going to come. And my mom would say, I have nothing to wear. I have no money. And they would talk about it. And she would listen to my mom spin the same stuff and just coach her. And that mm. was why. So to have like my two moms walk down the aisle and like show up and, and, and witness it was, it was that's a really big gift. Yeah. 
really That's big so deal. huge. Yeah. Well, let's let's if you don't mind, I'd love to launch into that a little bit, okay. just about your where you're from and all this good stuff, because you just uh, just sort of tipped tipped into it a little bit. So, um, so where were you when you were four? Where were you born and raised, and did you stay there into your teens? I'm still here. Los Angeles. L-A-C-A. I'm, uh, yeah, somebody's got to be from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I actually went to college here because I knew I wanted to act and uh, write and uh, do this thing. Mm-hmm, this thing. This thing this that we call thing. Hollywood. Um, I never got out. And you know what? I was actually very attached to my uh, dad and my stepmom that I really wasn't ready for my, like year abroad until my late 20s. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in Los Angeles. I went to USC. Um, but to your point, I mean, it's it, there. It's it can be trickier when you what you want is truly in the city that you're from. You know, yes. it's like it, there's there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It just it changes the way the scope of sort of what college means and stuff. It's like really unless you would like been so focused on getting out of LA that you forced yourself to go to NYU or something just right. to be in a different place where you could also act, but it's hard because you're just around, you're around it with the, yeah, with the, with the, with a total knowledge that like, I you've got a, a head start in a lot of ways, you know, just in the sense of like, you see where you see that it's all around you and you sort of see the mechanics of it and you don't necessarily also have that. Like, like, did you have this sort of knowing that you wanted to do it? Did you have, the perspective about it that someone not from Hollywood might have, which like when I was in Tucson, I mean, I thought of Hollywood as like, Hollywood. I guess I just, I did think of it as like, that's where, that's where everyone goes. And I mean, I did, I think that that's like where everyone goes to become a star. No, but I definitely thought I associated it with like glamour and I associated it with success, I think. And, you know, absolutely. Um, and yeah. so being from here and wanting to do it, you must see all, all have seen all sides of it, no? Or did you? I was yeah, I was kind of chomping at the bit. Um my dad and my stepmom were very much uh of the mind that uh acting is something you when I told them when I was a kid, I said I want to be an actress. I knew when I was about 6 years old, uh we got our first VHS machine. Ooh, big and stuff. Uh, they gave me two VHS tapes and one was The Sound of Music. Mm. And uh, the other was uh, Rebecca from Sunnybrook Farm with uh, Shirley Temple. Okay. Um, but I really, really, I, I enjoyed both, but I really um, like so many I hear in their stories of why they became an actor or actress, mostly actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched The Sound of Music over and over and over again. It's true. People, that is so beloved. Yeah. I, I had only seen it maybe, I think I had just seen it t- maybe twice, maybe once probably twice before I recently saw it at the, at the bowl when they did. I still haven't done that. You'll love it. I know you'll love it. It's pretty, pretty precious as a child watching it. I, I would swing back from, I either wanted to be Maria or I wanted to be her daughter Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, I couldn't pick which one I wanted more. I just keep going back and forth. Um, but round six, six or seven, I told them, Oh, I want to be an actress. And they said, well, that's, that's a fine hobby, but you're going to have to find a real profession. And, and what was the, what were their professions that they regarded as like, did that have something to do with why they they thought of as real? Uh, my dad was a producer and right about the time I was about four or five years old, he and my stepmom were actually, they, 
uh, were introduced by his neighbor. She had uh, an idea to open a clothing business and she needed money. And my dad had his last bit of finances that he wanted to invest. And so they were introduced and um, <clears throat> by the end of dinner, they were in love with each other. Mm. And um, uh, so, and then she was introduced to me and uh, she tells it that um, I was very attached to my father and very protective. So mm. when uh, we would get in the car, uh, I would tell her that she would have to get in the back seat while I got in the seat, oh, seat with my no. father. <laughs> the princess. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. my gosh. And that's of course, you know, back in the seventies where there's no car seats for yeah. a four year old. Yeah. Know, I'm sitting in the front. And she oh, uh, very cleverly uh, said, um, well, how about, I sit in the front seat and you sit on my lap and we sing songs together. And it's the 70s. Well so played. you can do that. Yeah. And, and so I did that. Well played. Yeah. What about, so you're, but you're not an only child. So how does that Right. I have, a, I have a, a younger sister who was born when I was six years old. She's okay. my stepmom's uh, daughter with my father. We have the same dad. Gotcha. But it feels like... It feels like a real whole sister. It doesn't feel sure, like a, sure. a half Oh, yeah. I mean, Which you is such were a weird... so little when your stepmom came into the picture. How long was your mom, I don't want to say out of the picture, but how? when when did your parents, when did your biological oh, mom and your dad They were oh. out of each other's, uh, she moved out by the time I was a year old. Mm, okay. And so I have no yep. uh, memories of them together. Therefore, I never had any fantasies of mm-hmm, them being mm-hmm. together. Um, so it was just you and your dad for it was until, yeah until your stepmom came along four yeah and then uh she she cleverly won me over yeah she gotcha yeah she's she singing did. songs in the front seat I that's know. a good move oh that's yeah a good solid move i know i know she's um she's pretty awesome um she's always been smart like that too, <laughs> you know <laughs> well i do i mean it's so interesting that's pretty unusual, right? Being a small child and being raised by your dad. You know what? I actually was living they... with my mom oh, you were? Okay. until uh, the age of, I think I was, oh, I was a third grader and you are eight years old when you're a third grader. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I was, ugh, third grade was a, a very tumultuous year and it kind of got started with, I was living with my mother and my mother wanted to be a rock star. And yeah, I mean, that was, my, I guess that's my question why I made the assumption is like, was she so, showing signs of mental illness then or? Yes. And it was. Hilarious. Now we are just talking about mental illness. I know. Right? We were joking at the beginning because <laughs> Ursula had happened to listen to a couple of I the classic two. episodes. Two. She picked Tina and Maria and she was like, uh, oh, this is a mental illness podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get all my mental Not illness stories together. But you cracked it wide open when uh, you mentioned that. I know. Um, but then there's things that happen in the universe and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. The universe is telling me something. Um, you know, I, I learned probably about four years ago that my mom, she was never professionally diagnosed, mm. uh, but I had been to a lot of therapy and the last therapist who was really awesome uh, had said to me, I can tell you off the record from listening to you for over a year that your mom probably suffers from delusional disorder mm. and you should look it up because it'll help you understand because I spent so much of my adult years. 
who am I kidding? I, I spent my teenage years and my childhood trying to reason with her, trying to um, get her to respect my boundaries and get her to play more of the mom role and try and get to be her daughter. Um, but once once I looked it up and delusional disorder... It means that uh, you, it's usually accompanied with paranoia and you have delusions of grandeur. And um, that's pretty much what I was experiencing. You Mm. also, uh, you don't take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always used to say that my mom felt like uh, an alcoholic, except there was no liquor. Mm, Interesting. And how confusing to feel like you can kind of start to recognize something that seems like it should make sense, but then you don't even have the proof that it would, yeah. Yeah, you can't say, oh, look, she's addicted to that. That's the issue, her her fixation on that. Yeah. Uh, So um, when I was told this, all of a sudden I had this release of like, oh, I can stop trying to get her to be reasonable i can let her be who she is i can have some sort of acceptance um and i i funnily (laughs) uh, i i found a letter that i had written to her probably about 10 years ago where i'm trying to set boundaries and i'm saying you know i'm not comfortable with this and i i can't have my my mother would call and she would just launch. She'd never say, hi, sweetie, how are you? She would uh, launch into wherever she was at uh, and it would include like, I'm picking up poo for the, from, the, from the dogs in the yard and I'm pulling weeds and, uh, and I feel like this and the bill collectors and men are evil. And it, it, there were certain points mm. that she hit over and over again. And 45 minutes later, she would come up for air and I would say, I have to go. And then she would say, oh, how are you? Because she wanted to keep me there. But um, I was trying to, I was trying to eke out a relationship with her so that that wouldn't happen to me anymore because it it brings up a lot of rage Mm. when you get held hostage. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I was reading this letter, I just had like this big, like, oh, Ursula, like it yeah. was like had this compassion for me yeah. 10 years ago. And I was like, Oh, well, yeah. at least, you know, now, yeah, you know, uh, you're, you, you don't have to keep hitting your head against that. It's not, it's not going to change it. Yeah. Oh um, my God. What a relief. Yeah. People, they always it's say not, it's, it's it, to know that the, the thing that you thought you would have to have to have relief is actually like the irony that it's actually acknowledging that you're never going to get the thing you thought you needed to, re- to get relief is yeah. the thing that gives you relief. Yeah. It's like, Oh no, no, you're never getting that. No, but be relieved by possible. that. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. So of course, like anything, as we get older, are left unchecked, uh, your habits or, um, things about your quirks, mm-hmm. they get uh, more and more, um, they kind of gain momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was young, uh, six years old, uh, these the, the delusional disorder had a different kind of flavor. It was it was more I don't want to say more fun, but it was it was lighter. Mm. So she wanted to be a rock star, and she uh, didn't 
want to get up in the morning because she would practice with her band in the garage till four in the morning. And so she one day said, uh, let's get in the car. This is how you're going to walk to the bus stop. And it wasn't a school bus. It was the um, public um, bus, which is kind of not what you want to do to an eight-year-old in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, And I remember I was so mad at her. And I, I said, no, I want you to take me to school. And she said, no, 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 I can't get up because I go to bed at four in the morning. And then she said, no, oh. you're going to take two different buses. And they, they stop here at this one bus stop. And then you'll catch the second bus. And then oh you'll God, get off across so the street from your school and blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm going yay, yay. to a, a private school in uh, Santa Monica called Carl Thorpe. And um, one of the teachers saw me get off the bus uh. somewhere around the two-week mark of me doing this. Yeah. And I was really um, this is third angry. Grade. Yeah, this is third grade. I was really angry that uh, I was being put in this situation. Being, I didn't want to, I didn't want this much responsibility. But right around the two week mark, I adjusted, which is so funny because they always say uh, to start a new habit, it takes about two weeks. Yeah. Well, it's really true. It really is true. Even when you're a kid and you don't know to count those days. No, you have no idea. Yeah. Uh, And that day um, at the second bus stop, there was this woman, she was a woman, and I was talking to her and I was like, oh, I, I've made my first friend. Yeah. And I was kind of getting into this independence. <laughs> this is awesome. All right. Okay. And I see my dad pull up in his station wagon and he gets out of the car and he says, get in the car. And I'm horrified because um, I think that he's going to essentially like I'm Oz and he's going to pull the curtain and show her that I'm a little girl right. and that I'm not an adult like her. <laughs> Up till that point you had yeah, her. I had fooled. her. Oh yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh yeah. And he, and oh, I'm like, no. no, no. And he said, get in the car. And I was like, no, oh. he picked me up and put me under his arm. Oh, no. <laughs> There's no oh, way. No. I'm a six year old. Yeah. I'm a six year old. I'm yeah. like, and so I wouldn't speak to him the rest of the day. Uh, my mother calls the police. There's like helicopters flying over the house. Whoa. Um, my stepmom takes me to a newly rented apartment in Beverly Hills because this was the helicopters was at our house in, uh, in Malibu. And um, so we duck out and we're, I don't know any of this. this. The helicopter part is told to me later. Yeah. And... Lou and I, Louie's my stepmom, and we're in this apartment that apparently has no furniture in Beverly Hills, uh, hiding out, having picnics, you know, and I start living with them from that point on. So was the helicopter thing, so the idea was that you're basically your mom, your stepmom and your dad had quote unquote kidnapped you exactly. from your mom. Exactly. But, we all, but like obviously given the circumstances, yeah. we understand what that really And he told me later that he had a conversation with her where she said, I'm going to take you back to court because I'm the one who has custody, not you, and you can't have her. And he said, go ahead, take me to court. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't put your daughter on the bus because you want to be a rock star. And uh, <sighs> and so she said, okay, I'm not going to fight you on that. And I ended up living with them. And I changed schools two more times. And I uh, I finally settled around the beginning of f- midway of fourth grade. But like my grades, everything kind of changed. And you could see it. I was I went from like being an A student to 
getting a D in California history. Oh, yes. D in California Got history. a talk How from my dad. You? Yeah. Very serious, scary yeah. talk. I'm trying to remember if I took Arizona history of any kind. This is a side note that has nothing to do with anything about what you just said, except for I just wanted to quickly say, how important was Julie Andrews to a yeah. generation of children for one reason or another? Because I wasn't, I didn't, you know, I had seen A Sound of Music again, maybe once or twice, but I was, I loved Mary Poppins. And that's oh. another like huge influential, like she Julie was Andrews. such an important figure. And then my dad introduced me when I was far too young to understand what it was really about to Victor Victoria, which he's also the star of, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. If you is haven't it? seen it, yeah, it is yeah, so it. good. Um, it's so ahead of its time. I think um, this idea of you know she's she, it, for those of you. I mean, I hope everyone's seen it at this point. It's not like it's a a, a a movie that no one's ever heard of, but it's a it's a musical. But it's about um, uh, what like nineteen twenties Paris and. Um, it's Robert Preston, the amazing, amazing, late, great Robert Preston, who was also in the Music Man movie, um, and Julie Andrews. And she is uh, a very, very poor uh, singer, and he gets the idea that if he, if she presents herself to be a man who's doing, who's a female impersonator, that that would be really special. So they have to create this this male persona for her in her life. And so the idea is she's a woman pretending to be a man, pretending to be a woman and James Garner's in it. And it is like an amazing movie and it so holds up and it's so charming. I think it's Blake Edwards directed it. And, um, even if you don't like musicals, don't think of it as a musical because the music is, is specific to like, it's not like anybody just launches into song in the middle of like a scene. It's like the music is specific to show business. Like they're on stage performing. Yeah. I went through a phase in my teens where I was like, I don't want to see someone just launch into song in the middle of like a dramatic moment. Oh, it happened that early for um, you. Yeah, I got snobby about it really early. And then I sort of went back and forth about it. And I was like true to the musicals of my youth, but I didn't want to see any. Like I didn't see Rent until uh, Neil P- Harris directed it at yeah. the Hollywood Bowl. I literally had not seen it until like two years ago because I just was like... I just wasn't interested in contemporary musicals. I was like okay with the ones that I had grown up with, but I wasn't interested in seeing anything new. But you liked musicals as a, as a child. I did. I did. But even as a child, I feel like I liked the idea of performing in them more than I liked just watching them. And I think I liked Ditto. even more, right? <laughs> you know, I didn't want to, if I went, if I was going to go see something live that was a musical, I just wanted to be in it desperately. Yeah. I could watch the stuff that I grew up with, you know, on television, but... Um, but somehow that made it was okay because it was like a movie at the time. It was still like showbiz, showbiz, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I never had the, I wasn't the person who wanted to go to like Broadway and see the newest, hottest musical. I just was like, I don't know. I don't know if I need that. But, uh, but I have I, tremendous respect for performers in it. And if someone asked me to do one tomorrow, I'm sure I'd be like, okay. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you're still keeping true to the theme that I would rather be in one than watch one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I think uh, I was in my 20s when I had early 20s and I had seen Cats and I loved it. I loved Cats. And then I saw it a second time. I loved it. And then I saw it a third time and I'm like, I hate musicals. <laughs> Why am I seeing this for a third time? 
Did I see? Yeah, I think I might have seen cats, but that's a really good example of something that feels a little bit like the Emperor's New Clothes. I apologize <laughs> to all of those of you out there who really like cats, but that's a really, that's a good example of something that like somehow everyone was fooled into thinking it was really special, but I'm not sure it's that special. <laughs> Listen, the cat's hate mail is going to pour in. Uh you know, and every once in a while, I still make it to a musical. We saw Memphis on Broadway, and we were reluctant. Mm. Uh, Oscar and I were like, ugh, we hate musicals, but everyone says Memphis is awesome. Yeah. And we went, and we so enjoyed it. Okay. And we're like, okay. Yeah. We understand that we don't like musicals, and they still won us over. Yeah. We're still outstanding. I really enjoyed the Book of Mormon. Which I was ready to hate because everyone told me I was going to love it so much. I was like, I'll show you by (laughs) hating it. I really enjoyed it. Um, But before that, one of the extra reasons I was reluctant is that I had gone to see Spring Awakening for a friend's birthday in New York, like maybe two years before that. I don't know anything about that. I just hated it so much. I'm sorry, anyone who love Spring Awakening. I know there are many people, including my friend, who was seeing it for the second time because she loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And I just couldn't stand it. Did I she feel so your, your She may dislike. have. I think since then we've talked about the fact that, that I hated it so much. No, but you know that feeling when you're watching something yeah, and, and you're, you're into the it? The wave of someone yeah. else loathing it is like washing over you. Or like you can feel that they're looking at their clock. Yeah. I mean, not because, their clock. Yeah. They brought a clock to the movie theater. <laughs> They're looking at their watch or their phone. Yeah, I definitely have. And I've definitely been in the position where I felt responsible. Like suddenly you're hosting this event. Yeah. Suddenly you feel responsible. Yes. Like you have to apologize and account for why you like it. You in the wrote moment. it, directed it, produced it. Yeah. And you're also uh, hosting. Yeah. Yeah. The, I didn't like Spring Awakening. I think for the same reason that I thought maybe I wouldn't like Rent. But I did enjoy it when I saw when I saw it. But um Spring Awakening Spring sounds Awakening is, like it wouldn't have a plot. I'm going to look up what the plot is and I'm going to read it Does to it you. have a plot? It has a plot. It's it, Here's how I, what I remember saying about it. I know somebody's going to, I know you guys, uh, a lot of you probably really like this show. Um, because like I said, it's a real divider. I know tons of people. I probably know more people who like it than don't. Um, but uh, let me just give you this. Uh, I guess it reminds me awakening. of when uh, you're, you know, you're, you're in chorus and grammar school, and you have like spring fling. Okay, so that's yeah. So if, so yeah. So this will that's be a fun exercise. Like no Tell plot. me what you think. Yeah, I know you say no plot, but come up with what you think the plot could be. Just like if a loose spring plot. awakenings. Okay, so uh, somebody's gonna fall in love. So I think there's boy meets girl. Uh, oh, maybe it's boy meets boy. And, That's a good guess. And um, and I would say that boy loses boy and then boy gets boy. Okay. That's the plot I'm going with. So it sounds kind of light. Yes, it sounds very light. Spring Awakening. Well, listen to this. Spring Awakening is a rock musical with music by Duncan Sheik and a book and lyrics by Stephen Sater. It is based on the controversial German play Spring Awakening 1891 by Frank Wedekind, which was banned in Germany for some time due to its frank portrayal of abortion, homosexuality, rape, child abuse, and suicide. That's right. All of those things in one musical. Abortion, homosexuality, rape, child abuse, and suicide set in 19th century Germany. Um, So I want to add Nazis 
because I feel like there are Nazis in it too. Am I crazy, guys? Anyway, everything that could possibly like it's the it's the darkest. <laughs> that's just all of that material. That's too much for me. That's too much for me in one musical. I just some it felt so heavy that German. it felt heavy handed. Eighteen ninety one Germany. I love what I'm seeing right now. Um. Well, has anyone lied down here in your? It, only me. Oh, I really? have before because sometimes when my back is fucked up. Ursula, by the okay. way, guys, for those of you who keep track, is sitting on the floor. And I, she just lay down on the floor. And that felt like a huge invitation for me to lie down on the floor. I know. Well, I'm like, I'm on a shag rug. I know. You might as well just get and, it. It's and a pretty comfortable one, there's too. No, no one can see this. Exactly. So how would they know except if you ratted me out? Which I guess I just you did. just did that. But that's but that but there's nothing ratty outy about it. It's a okay. celebration. Speaking of a celebration, that's all I did. Spring Awakening. So yeah, you didn't see that description coming. Unless you're, I'm lying down because I'm a little sore because I played tennis yesterday and I have a little bit of tennis elbow. But before that, I was shooting a Kickstarter video um, that I won't give away what I was doing, but it was very physical because eventually this Kickstarter video will come out and I will encourage people to watch it. Um, are you producing doing something very physical? Mm-mm. It's, I'm going to be in a film that it's fundraising for. Nice. So I agreed to do like a little, like try to help get people yeah, interested trailer. in yeah, giving money. Um, but the, but the thing that I shot has nothing to do with what the movie actually is going to be. But so I know that's very obtuse. I'll, I'll explain it to you when we're offline. But basically I was doing a lot of physical stuff that I was doing for, f- to be funny. But you don't think, at least I don't, some people are smart and they do think, but I never think to stretch before I'm going to quote unquote do something funny. No. Even though it's exercise and it's strain, just like life. Like if you were going to do an exercise in real life, you would warm up for it. Yes. But I can't tell you how many times I've made that mistake where it's like, oh, in this scene, you're just going to be running. And then you realize at the end, I just ran for two hours straight I do should have close up master coverage and I never stretched. And then you wake up with a Charlie horse in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oscar actually is kind of, um, he always has an on and on again, off again, bad, uh, back issue. Mm-hmm. It's actually his sacrum. Uh, and, um, whenever he does improv, his back is usually coincidentally, it always seems to flare up like the week before he's going to do improv of course. or, or, or uh, so, some show with you like to do yeah. um, uh, theme park, theme park. And, uh, and I always say to him, okay, so you're going to perform tonight. Uh, we all know that you're going <laughs> to take off your shirt and B, you're going to carry somebody or be in some, uh, very strenuous position. Could you maybe stretch? You're so smart. Could you stretch a little bit? And he says, oh yeah, yeah. And he never stretches. Yeah. God, that's so true though. Nothing is worse than improv when you're when if you're a physical improviser which i tend to want to be i think that's one of the reasons that we all like doing theme park together is that we all like kind of big action stuff instead of just standing in one place and talking and plenty of that happens too too much of it still but we all try to like shake it up by being very physical and yeah for sure every time i do a show I do something that like, if, if someone told me to do it in real life, I'd be like, oh, no way, I'll hurt myself. No. And all bets are off when you're yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. a laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty. Oh, and he can never off. feel it on stage. Yeah, you don't feel it. You're all like, you have all the adrenaline in the world. That's the beauty. What were you, so when you were in um, high school, when you were a teenager, were you 
athletic? Were you, I know that you liked, you knew at an early age that you wanted to be a performer, but was that kind of, I don't want to say balanced out, but was, was there other stuff? Like what were your other interests? Uh, I was, I was a dancer since I was four when I, um, I decided at four, I'm going to be a ballerina. Uh, my mom's, my stepmom's friend took me to see Baryshnikov down at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. Ooh, that's fun. And I had never seen anything more beautiful than those long tutus and those extensions of those ballerinas. And I walked out of there and I said, I want to do that. I want to look like that. I want to be able to stick my leg like that and twirl. And so I I fell in love with ballet and I I danced probably until mid-college. And then I resumed it again a little bit in my 20s, and I haven't done it in a while. Um, just, so, just to establish this, guys, uh, I have to say that you are the kind of person, when you walk into a room, you can tell that. Like, you, like you, have, you just have that carriage. Of well, the four-year-old the grace in me really the... loves that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really, you can really tell. Like, there's no surprise uh, to anyone, I'm sure, when they find out that you danced. Um, so I did do. dance in, in high school. I went to uh, Beverly Hills High School, the famous. And uh, uh, at the time I was there, 90210 was the first one the first 90210, I'm that old, um, was on the air and uh, we were like, ah, it's not like that. Right? <laughs> we're not like that. Ah. But we all watched it like fanatically, religiously. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was at, at Beverly Hills High School. They had a terrific drama department, which I really was like on the periphery of. And they had a great dance department and I was in that. And I got into, uh, they have a, a great dance company where they did at the uh at that time um led by a woman named janet rostin i don't know if she's still there i think she finally retired her her ballet slippers mm-hmm. actually it would have been um she was a modern dancer she so. hung up her modern dance shoes well, and, the, and jazz, you don't really her which are barefoot Oh yeah, you're right. You're barefoot. She, oh, she did her feet have shoes. <laughs> she dropped her feet she off. She dropped her feet off and <laughs> hung the them on a wall in her office. <laughs> what you got to do? Modern That's dance. Terrible. What, what choice did she She's have? She's walking around on little ankle stubs. Yep. Ew. <laughs> okay. That's horrible. Um, so she had this amazing dance company. I was in it my uh, junior and senior year. I was into that. I wasn't. I remember the cool kids and I remember they partied and that kind of always scared me. You know, I think my mom uh, knew you were going to say to her service, whatever she, from an early age, she would say, um, you know, uh, don't do drugs and alcohol. Uh, I tried alcohol once and I ended up in a bathtub and, Un- unconscious and oh wow that it. is yeah i guess that's not what i thought you were gonna say because you because you said that she was rehearsing and she wanted to be a rock star i think i thought you were gonna say that like you did learn by her experience not to do that stuff i did her one her one experience <laughs> <laughs> she woke up in a bathtub no i think it was also kind of uh layered with yeah unfortunately my mom uh for whatever reason being uh, very young she was 25 when she had me which was she wasn't alone. A lot of people did. Um, but she was young emotionally and she often did that thing where you talk bad about the other parent. And mm. so she would always say, you know, your dad, uh, she would always say he's an alcoholic, which, um, isn't really fair because people are supposed to self-diagnose that. Yeah. Um, but she would scare me and, 
it's just there's so much fun uh fun storytelling here um the uh my mom was a born again christian and uh that was an interesting experience and i bring that up probably because i remember her asking she took me to her church and there was a lot of performance art where they they took a a crippled woman who would come down the aisle in a wheelchair um, screaming every bad word in, in, mm-hmm. in, and she was convulsing. And um, I'm like a eight year old child at the point at seven or seven or eight. And I'm freaked out. And the, the preacher man, he's pounding her forehead with the palm of his uh, oh, yeah. hand, like heal, praise the Lord, Jesus, praise Jesus. And, and, uh, and after he does his thing, she stands up and she's a nice woman and she speaks lovely. And then we all get into a line and my mom insists that I go up and pray uh, for my father who's going to hell mm. because he uh, is living in sin with my stepmom. So that that I think that's part of why I never really experienced drugs or alcohol Um trying to there are those the there are those of us who like to lose control in in drugs and alcohol and then there's the other ones us um me who, you can count me in too who, who don't yeah. want to lose control yeah that's i think that's that's very much the, there's the already a lot i mean of, i i wanted to lose control when i was a teenager and then i had such negative experiences that came after which you guys all know from i'm sure listening to bamford's episode or if and, and so forth that yeah like i that losing control when you're not planning to yeah. is so scary that it just becomes not interesting yeah. to be out of control. If you, and then and then you're really trying too hard to hold on to it. So yeah. I guess the idea is the balance in between. But um, yeah, for you to have such a precarious, strange um, side of things with your mom from such a young age, and so much of that sounds like kind of manic too, you know? Yeah. Um, that I can definitely see it could almost go either way. You almost could. could have become a substance abuser to try to numb out from yeah. that experience or to try to control and hold on and be perfect or, you know, yes. and it's interesting because I think, you know, I don't, we don't have to get too much into the world of ballet, but I know that <clears throat> past guests, some had really only positive experiences with it. And then some had the sort of negative experiences as their body started to change and they started to feel like identity crisis a little bit about the pressure of that. And I actually, um, I didn't get obsessive about ballet and probably part of it was because I didn't have, uh, the feet to have like that beautiful arch. Mm -hmm. And I knew that kind of early on. And so I didn't really get like the, I'm in, I'm in ballet class six days a week. Okay. I, I was a three-dayer. Mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I knew once I, I was kind of in high school and I was like, oh, I'm not going to be a ballerina. I'm not going to have that dream. My feet are just not obliging. They don't look as pretty. I have to work too Isn't hard. Funny? There's nothing you can really do. I mean, I can't look. I don't have... This this toe knuckle, I can't believe I'm doing this. And uh, yes, I can. Of course, I always do things that you can't see. But I can't. That She's I can't. Pointing point. to her toe knuckle. I can't. This toe won't curl it's her down. Right more. toe. That's the best point I've ever been able to do. That there's just like that's it. That won't that won't point. There's no amount of I can't do exercises to strengthen that point. I don't have the ability. That's the way my toe is made. And so when I was taking dance, it was like, well, that's the best you're going to get. The other one kind of will. Yep. But the uh, but this toe just doesn't have. It's like a dead nerve ending. But I don't or something. know that anyone would ever notice that from. I don't know the audience. I was very aware. Of you that. were, yes, yeah. of course. I had a, a very good friend 
Heather, who was a really beautiful ballerina, and she and I were pretty close, and she she was in the Nutcracker a bunch of times, and she was a smoker, and she had bulimia, and like all the things that you know you traditionally mm-hmm. you that underside of ballet that you're like, what these most beautiful ballerinas are. Um, not really doing unbeautiful things behind right. the scenes. Right. And, uh, and I, what I knew I was like, Oh, well, I'm not, I, no matter how much, you know, I can't get all like perfectionistic about mm-hmm. that's not really a word, but yeah, it totally is. Okay. Uh, cause it's just not happening. So I'm just going to enjoy it. And, um, I think I was also in love with, I'm, I, since I was a kid, I was like, um, I didn't like Dr. Seuss because I thought the drawings were ugly. <laughs> That's I've, the first time I've ever heard that. I but wanted, it totally makes sense. I get it. I wanted beauty. Yeah. I, I wanted the ballerinas and the tutus. So I wasn't going to smoke and be bulimic because that didn't fit the yeah. visual of what I yeah. thought ballerinas should look like on and off stage. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I took my obsession in other ways, um, probably like, uh, liking boys, uh, that I shouldn't have liked. Mm. Um, okay. So I'm going to just say what's in my head. <sighs> Senior year of high school, Eric Menendez shows up and he has a crush on me. Oh my God. Wow. And I, that was like my first um, that was my first huge crush. I wouldn't wow. say I was in love with him. I right. was infatuated with him. Sure. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, but that'll do a number on you. I would yeah, imagine. it did. And, and I, I, for I, anybody who doesn't know who that is, I, I would advise you to Google. <laughs> well, uh, he's, a he's, he's in jail now. Yeah. Uh, because he killed his parents, um, with, uh, shotguns uh, yeah. with he and his brother, his older brother. Um, and there, uh, that was the year, and he he did it the year we graduated, so it would have been the summer. It was August. Uh, I was, um, so anyway, I dated him briefly in in high school, and uh, uh, I so instead of you know being bulimic or whatever, I picked yeah. you know um, terribly. You, you really disturbed. You really you really were the best at picking the worst guy. <laughs> I did not. I really you, did. You won. He's the only one who who killed his oh, parents. God. That's so awful. I, I can't think. What else? Oh what, yeah. Who else could yeah. I have picked to you, to fall you, out? Listen, you hit bottom. With. Yeah, you hit bottom really it's young. You got it out from of the there. Way. It's it can only be up from it's there. Only up from there. And I have oh, to say man. that all of like the people I've fallen in love with, they've just gotten. I picked better and better and better and good. better. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, yeah, it would be terrible if it went the other way. No, sometimes you kind of get in a rut and you just pick the same guy over and over again. Did you do that? No, they really, no one ever killed their parents after Eric. None of my, <laughs> none of, none of my boyfriends. might have thought about it, but they stopped themselves <laughs> before it was too late. Yeah, I, I, um, I always say I don't, I, I guess when I hear people say like he, he's not my type or she's not my type, I think to myself like, do you and, and and I often follow that st- that statement by the other person up by saying, "Oh, that do you say that because you don't like that person and you can't put your finger on why, and so you just say they're not your type, or do you have a type?" Because I'm very interested in the mm. idea of people having a type because 
I've never felt that I had a type. You know what I mean? I never felt like, I always felt like if you put, you know, 10 guys that I dated in a room together, few of them would even know what to say to one another. Like I've never, you know what I mean? I don't have like, oh, you always date You that don't person. have a type. I don't think I do. Maybe someone would argue with me. But I, I never felt like I did. And when I look at like the important relationships from like say eight, age 17 up till now, they really don't have a lot in common. I would say that... I mean, how many Hispanic... How many Cuban... Well, I started with a Cuban. Did you? Eric Menendez. Oh, he's Cuban. Half Cuban. Gosh, I really don't I know started, enough about I know, Eric Menendez. I didn't do that on purpose. I swear to God. Uh, I started with a Cuban and now I'm, I have ended with a Cuban. Oscar's... It doesn't get any better no. than Oscar Nunez as far no. as I'm concerned. He's, uh, I really... But it's a nice... It's a nice... Uh, I'm glad I went that way. And, yeah. I, I progressively... But did you feel... Up. Yeah, but like, do you feel that way? Do you feel like you you were like... Can you say like, other than bad boys to begin with, it progressively got better? Were you like, I always liked tall guys. I always liked shorter guys. I always liked brunettes. No, my, I always liked, no. you know, funny guys. I always liked athletes. Like... Okay. Is there a through line? Yes. Uh, uh, they were all very charismatic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very charming uh, men. Um, I don't know if Eric liked alcohol, but all of the men I've been with have have liked alcohol way more than I have. Mm. Um, and uh, I would say I don't think Eric. I don't think of Eric Menendez as funny. Uh, he didn't make me laugh, but um, I mean, he was peculiar, <laughs> funny, peculiar, like kill your parents, peculiar, funny, like dangerous, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah like <laughs> I don't really know what's going on here. Oh my god, I feel like I'm missing part of this picture. Oh man, um, but um, most of they've all made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that, yeah, and uh, and then they've just gotten kinder and kinder and kinder. That's so, lovely. Yeah. Um, no, Eric Menendez. So anyway, yeah, that was what I was doing. When I was in high school, I wasn't in the popular crew, but I wasn't a loner. Mm-hmm. I had uh, friends. I, I, have, I still have this, um, one of my best friends, her name's Jade, and she uh, and I became friends in ninth grade. And I remember kind of near the end of my sophomore year, I was kind of introverted. And I I was introverted for a very good reason. When I was in eighth grade, um, I, I had like an experience where pretty much every guy in my entire grade ganged up on me. And I was very popular at that time. And uh, one of and it was kind of started by these four guys and they wrote a letter, a petition against me and they presented it to I me. I mean, that's so official. Yeah. And they presented it to me. Like the Scarlet Letter. Ugh, of eighth grade. And uh, we Why were, did they decide that they didn't like you? Um, because they thought that I um, was controlling my friends to like decide who would date them. Oh, my. They thought you were like the they queen, was, the evil yeah, queen. Yeah, yeah. Turns out wasn't wasn't what was going on. <laughs> you weren't obsessing over your no, friend's boyfriend? No, my friends were who were they were dating. Um but uh, somebody's heart got broken, and uh, they wrote a leather letter that they wrote a leather 
I wish they wrote it on leather. I wish they did. <laughs> they unfurled it on leather, it. a leather hide. Anyway, so the the out the outcome of that was I became very introverted. I went from like pretty outgoing and 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 fearless yeah. to very quiet and less oh, they just, tamed you. Let's just hope that nobody notices me. Yeah, and uh, somewhere around the end of tenth grade. Uh, I realized, look how involved my friend Jade is. She's like, uh, she's in the cheerleading thing and she's here and she's doing this and she's totally got like this full active life. I can do that. I can be a cheerleader. That would be fun. So they had a, a dance version of cheerleading called Song Girls and okay. they performed it at halftime. And so because of being inspired by my friend, I, I I ended up joining it with her, and we did that together for junior and senior year. It was pretty song fun. Song girls, song girls. You were a song girl. Yeah. I just looked at the time and realized that we're running out of it. So I'm going to jump okay. into the game portion. Okay. Um, let's do one of these real quick and see if they we hit a question that you haven't already answered. Okay. Um, pick a color, and you can describe the color as whatever you think it actually looks like. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with blue. Blue. B L. I'm going to spell it the French way. E U. Nice. Bleu. Pick a number. Um, I'm not picking Tina's number eight. Um, oh, oh wow. I was, yeah, I, you I really like that number. I'm going to pick seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Another number. Five. One, two, three, four, five. One last number. Three. Three. Number three. What is your, no, actually, this is fairly new, and oh, this cool. one I don't think I've ever come to before. Okay. What is your worst memory of high school? Mm, can I we mean, go, to, go back it up to eighth grade? Sure, <laughs> sure. Back no. her up. Uh, let's go back to high school. Let's, let's answer it fairly. Um, you know, it's funny. I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with just post high school. Yeah. The, the uh, when... When I got the news, uh, I was in Hawaii. Jade and her family took me to Hawaii with them. Uh, and that week, um, we got we landed in, in Oahu, and my parents called me, and they said, we want you to find out from us and not the television. Okay. I was Yeah. It's hard to beat that as bad news. Uh, Eric, his parents had been killed. And uh, I sent him flowers. And <sighs> the rest of the five days of that trip, all I wanted to do was go back. Oh, God. And like console him yeah. because he was a victim in my head. And uh, I remember months progressed. A couple of months went by and I actually went to visit him while he was in prison. And I'd never seen this in a movie. It came instinctually and it makes me laugh that I did this now. But um, I was sitting there uh, through the glass, right? And I'm talking to him and I am totally like in in lust or love or whatever for him. And I say, uh, you know, uh, your friends and I, we all, we all support you. And I put my hand. (laughs) I did. I put my hand to the glass. I'd never seen it in a movie. I've subsequently seen it in a lot of movies. And I thought, Oh, I didn't come up with that. (laughs) I didn't invent that. And wait, I put my hand to the glass and he looks at my hand and he laughs. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Oh, that's a weird no. response. <laughs> and uh, wow. And then I go home and I think about that. And then uh, there was like a co- I, he was on the television constantly every day. And finally, somewhere in the next like week or so, I was like, 
He's guilty. <laughs> I can't believe I'm laughing at this, but it's I really funny. I can't believe it. I can't believe oh he totally God. did it. Oh my God. And uh, That's a really, again, you yes. win at worst memory. Right? It doesn't get much worse than that. Unless I was the one being murdered. Correct. Of course. Then it that's would be like really lovely grim. bones or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, we'll never get that answer again on the podcast. <laughs> really great first. Uh, much to my chagrin that you had to go through that or that his family went through that. Um, okay. Now we're going to do some mash. Uh, let's see. First category. What do I want to give you? I'm going first category. Um, by the way, I was obsessed with this game in seventh grade and I would best. play it while uh, watching, so uh, the love boat and fantasy Island yes. and eating jelly bellies. Oh my God. You just described a really great era in I history. Jelly enough. bellies and mash and yeah. those things. That's like a fun, I would still do that. All yeah. of those things. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with, uh, first thing is movie, three movies, you know, it's off the top of your head. So no, okay. big, no, big, no pressure can always be things that later on you're like, why did I say that? We all get that. Um, but I'm going to go with three movies that you wish you could have been in from like, especially movies that you loved when you were younger. Shocker. The sound of music. Love it. <clears throat> um, and then the next thing that popped in my head was Shakespeare in Love. Great. What a charming movie. Wasn't it? Uh, oh, I, I just thought of a couple more. Um, I'm just going to list like all of my favorite movies. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump You only to, get one more, so you better I know, pick a good one. I know. All right. I'm going to pick one that I really possibly could not be in, which is um, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, it's such an amazing movie. I'd like to be Morgan Freeman. That movie, actually all three of these movies for different reasons, but certainly Shawshank, and I know this is true for everyone, but I mean, wasn't that the kind of movie where you just felt changed after you saw it? Like, I just felt like like, that profoundly changed me in some way that I may not even be able to put my finger on. Yes. It's it's, it's just a lovely, lovely movie. I haven't seen it in years and years. Um, Maybe I need to revisit. How about three places that I'm including myself in this because um, uh, I love traveling with Ursula and Oscar when we go to do theme park shows. So three places that it would be really fun. And obviously it's harder now because they have a beautiful uh, daughter, August. That um, I can't believe I haven't talked about August for an hour. That's the longest I've never talked about It's true because we went way back. We did it. We can do an all baby all the time podcast episode next. Um, uh, three places that uh, we get to go perform theme park and like the flight isn't, there's no long flight. There's no right, nothing. Right. It's like snap your fingers and we're there and we all get to hang out together and we do shows. Okay. Let's go to Barcelona. Love it. Love it. Love it. Gosh, I probably should pick a new place that we haven't been to. I know you just went to New Zealand. Um, I would love. But wait, to have you be been there. to Australia? No. Okay, let's let's go to Sydney. Love it. And I, you know, Paris has been on our mind. Let's see, oh, Paris. God, the best. There's never. It's never not a good time to go to Paris. Right. I don't care. It's just never not a good time. Yeah, you're right. I don't right. care if anyone wants to argue with me. Um. I think there's a song about it called I Love Paris in the Springtime. Oh, I thought there was uh, going to be a song like, like uh, If Anyone Wants to Argue With Me. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard that song? Yeah. You know what? It doesn't get that much play because the title is <laughs> painfully long. How about three um, 
talents that you wish you could have just out of the blue suddenly you're really great at three things that you don't know really how to do now well because i'm with you and i've watched you guys and i just love i love the way you do um your shows i really do you're fantastic Um, thanks so much yours if i could have that talent yeah, that'd be awesome. Get if up I could on just that stage with us, that'd be a blast. Just take a little pill. Yeah, the improv voila. pill. The improv pill. Oh yeah. Some people awesome. would say that that's alcohol, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, okay, that's improv, fine. great, love it. Very flattering choice. Um, <sighs> me. Uh, another skill. Uh, I'd like to scuba. Yeah, I kind of wish I could do that too. That whole Even ear I'm pressure thing. I'm secretly afraid of it. Yeah. And then and someone had a this, spi- someone in my life, not uh, in my peripheral life, had a stroke after getting like an air bubble in their suit. Yeah, and that and was and she was paralyzed. Half her body was paralyzed for six months. Oh, she made a full recovery. Oh, full recovery. That's good. Did not make me want to scuba dive. No, I've really held on to that. Yeah, even though it's super rare. Scuba diving. That's not going to happen in this imaginary mashed case. When you first asked the question, I was thinking. Uh, Oh, I wish it could be fly, but then I could just, you know, transfer that to the ability to fly, um, fly a plane. Uh, yes, I will say that you could be a pilot, and then I will jump right into paraglider. Uh, I want to be a paraglider. Ooh, nice. Now I will get into uh, magical powers, so I'll put fly down. Okay, that's two that- more magical powers. Uh. I was going to say read people's minds, but I think I do that to a fault. <laughs> I don't I like it tricky. I have that you special might not skill. Want, yeah, yeah, you I might don't, not want to know I don't want to know what you're thinking. Uh, okay, so flying. Um, what if I could uh, run at the speed of light? Mm. Could really get to where I wanted to go. Yeah. And then uh, I do have a sense of smell that's kind of superhero-ish. It's annoying to Oscar. So we could take it all the way. <laughs> so when you were pregnant, you probably, it was like, did it go, did it? It didn't just change. Get, oh, it did. Yeah. No, you just got one there. normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was already there. That's hilarious. Um, poor Oscar. He loves wearing cologne. There's only one cologne I can like, yeah. like, this is the one. And he like tries, he's tried all the 20. Yeah. He's like bottles that he just caresses. He does. <laughs> he looks at them lovingly. He oh, hopes that no. I'll go out of town for a weekend yeah. so he can wear one. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, uh, uh, let's see, uh, uh, sp- special, well, I would like the ability to lift heavy things Yeah, like, um, a truck, super strength. Yeah. Like the That's kind great. of thing, you know, you might need in an emergency. Yeah. Imagine how satisfying that would be if you could just be like, step aside everyone. I got, I've this. got it. Yeah. I've got this. Let me lift up this bridge that's collapsing <laughs> with all the people on it. Oh, that's grim. Uh, uh, Superman. <laughs> yeah, basically. You got it. These are good. You can't, he can do all these things. You're not wrong. Um, okay. What about, uh, do I want to go down the road against my own dear Oscar of giving you three crushes, crushes that you get to in some way consummate your crush with? I Even think if it's so, like, because yeah, because that's I know what matters. crushes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then there you go. Yeah. All right. So who are your three uh, crushes that, you know, this will be up to you. It could be that you have your one night with them. It could be that in this imaginary mash life, you're with them whenever you want, or it could just be like you go out on a date with them, whatever, whatever pops into your head, these people. Okay. Now I feel really sad. 
I do because I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to have a date with anybody. I know I Oscar. I want to have a date. I know. So I, just crush. That same really lame. I know. No, it's really sweet, and we don't even have to do it. We could. We could turn. We could turn this into uh, three people that you would just love to be able to spend a day with. Okay, like, that aren't about, even. Yeah, yeah. That's Obama. not even romantic. Like I want to have a dinner with Obama. Perfect. I would love to have dinner with him. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep it in the fella range because mm-hmm. otherwise I'd put Oprah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what other fellas would I like? Well, um, no, not Woody Allen. No, he's. T- I mean, I admire his work, but I yeah. don't think I'd actually enjoy. It's I think hard it would to make know. Me nervous. Yeah, I, it's hard to know. Emma, I think Emma Bates picked Woody, and uh, and I even said like like current day Woody Allen, huh? And like, yeah, <laughs> I think it would be really interesting. It'd be fascinating, and I get that. I, but I, I probably ha- wouldn't. Pick I have him to pick Steve Martin, even though I know that some people say that he's. Sometimes he rude, be very shy. But, just, yeah. but you know what? He's not not with you. Not on my date not on with your, him. Exactly. Because I'm not like yeah. out of the blue coming. You're up getting to him the version of him that you want. Is. I won't yeah. tell him how. Yeah, great you're he not going to bother him in public when he's no. a private person and exactly. shy. Exactly. Uh, okay, love it. And uh, well, Brad Pitt just popped in, which is so pedestrian. And <laughs> everybody, right? It's such a from L.A. to New York. What does, don't they pick? Brad Pitt. I, I'm sure now Oscar's um, Oscar has a man crush on Daniel Craig, and that's also popping in my mm-hmm, head. Mm-hmm. So maybe I want to meet yeah, Daniel Craig. I, I want to. You see, guys could all have dinner with Daniel Craig. I want to see who who this guy is that has my husband's interest. A man crush. That's the best thing ever. Uh, we well, used to have one on Jason Schwartzman. He did. Oh, yes, those are two but, very different people. Yes, but yesterday he told me he's over Jason. I'm sorry, Jason. Sorry. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> What did he Daniel do? Daniel Craig, he still has Jason special- Schwartzman <laughs> listens to this podcast and is like, what can I do to win back Oscar Nunez's love? <laughs> um, okay. What about uh, three, like, uh, and I'm asking this because you all, you have very good taste and you have a lovely, well-appointed home too. So Thank I don't you. know if you have, if this is something you can come up with off the cuff, but are there three kind of like a room that you don't have in your home right now, but it would just be fun if you had like, it could be as whimsical as you want. It could be like a ridiculous playroom for August, or it could be like the most amazing office that's like all windows, or it could be a greenhouse, yes. anything like that. That's yes. like a really fun or all of those. Yes. Three things. <laughs> no, it's like you this morning, uh, the gardener actually this week, he cut back all of the, the dead, um, shrubs on the side of our, we have like a side yard and it opened it up. And the last two mornings when I'm up at 6am alone with August, I stand out there, she's in my sling on me in, in a sling. And I stare at the space and I, I think I want this to be, like an awesome deck that's her play area. But then when you said I could have anything, then I'm like, why don't we have a deck? And then we have like my office area that's like a greenhouse, but it never feels cold in the winter because mm-hmm. all that glass in the winter mm-hmm. is going to feel mm-hmm. really cold. And then, uh, and then we'll put that, we'll put that on the uh, second floor. And then on the first floor, we'll have the mother-in-law um, ensuite. Oh, this is great. Now, this is yes. three. You just described three. I don't know how I make. Okay, so, but you can you pick only between, get one. Okay. So, okay, so I'm going play deck. One of the three things will come true, and then maybe in okay. life, the, all three will. Play deck, I'm going. Uh, I like uh, the greenhouse office. Greenhouse office. That's warm in the winter. 
Cozy Greenhouse Office. Cozy. Cozy Greenhouse Office. I'll never remember what that says. Uh, uh, and then um, in-law. Ensuite. Ensuite. Uh, oui. uh, oh, I forgot. Yeah. Uh, three. Oh, yeah. Now that we just did that. Three languages that would be fun to be able to speak. Well, I did take seven years of French and can't speak a lick of it. So we'll let's put that on the top of the list. It's all in your brain somewhere. It's like if we hypnotized you, it would come back. That's right. Uh, That's French, the first beautiful. one. Um, my daughter's half Cuban and my husband is Cuban. Uh, it'd be nice if I spoke fluent Spanish. Great. I live in Los Angeles. Yep. Never a bad idea. Um, sometimes I think my Spanish is better than Oscar's. It might be. It might be. When we were in Spain on our honeymoon, he literally looked at me at one point and he's like, what did he say? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And it's not my job. It's yours. <laughs> it's and, very easy to figure out. And I want to know, um... I want to know, do I want to know Mandarin or Cantonese? I want to know one know. of them. Okay. Uh, because Maybe is, I feel like Mandarin's prettier, but I don't really know what I'm basing <sighs> that off of. Which one's more business-like? Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be, uh, but then it'd be really nice to know like, um, I feel like I want to speak Japanese. Arabic or something like, yeah. like really like no one would ever guess yeah. that I knew it. Yeah. And then I could just like know it. Yeah. And eavesdrop. Why would I want to? Now let's do let's do um, let's do Mandarin. Okay, got it. And then last but not least, if you could, if there were three things that you could, if there's one of three things, so a list of three things that you, I know that this is a weird thing to say because of course you, you you also want her to learn on her own but if there were three things you could assure for august without ever having to worry about it i know mm, the kids got to get there no. themselves but the mother instinct yes. looking past that reality and looking past the fact that it's good are there three things that you wish that you could just be sure of for her that you wouldn't have to worry about oh yeah i think about it all the time in fact when i was listening to tina's podcast i kept my heart was breaking because I was like, what if that were August? What if she were going through that? What if she goes through that? Yeah. How can I um, blah, 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 protect her? Uh, no, uh, I don't know if it's every mother, but I certainly experience an irrational um, intensity of wanting to protect her from any suffering in the world, from crying when I'm not in the house to yeah. um, being in love with a stupid boy yeah. or a stupid girl that breaks her heart. Protection so, from suffering. Uh, but that's unrealistic. I know. But, but what that's is what realistic, this game is, though. What is realistic? Mm-hmm. And I do hope that I'd feel very good if I gave this to her. I hope that I can give her the ability to trust her instinct and her intuition. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's been my biggest life lesson is that I have a really good intuition. And I've only gotten in trouble when I say, oh, but that person says it's not right, so I'm going to listen to them because they've got to be right because they're not me. Right. And uh, when I, or, oh, I have a stomach ache, and I can't really explain why this person's giving me a stomach ache, so I'm probably wrong. Yeah. And then, I and now I'm just like, no, I have a stomach ache. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'd love her to be able would to that we all, Yeah, would that we all didn't get so led astray from those gut instincts. Yeah. That's a great one. Um, what? Just one more. For her? Mm-hmm. That I could give her? Oh, God. 
It's kind of on the suffering. I don't want her to fall in love with the wrong person. Uh, oh, you know what would be nice? Um, it would be nice if she, uh, I would, this is what we're hoping to give her is the ability to, um, to keep trying and, uh, persevere. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, when you get, when she gets knocked down, Mm -hmm. take a breath and get back up. Love it. Perseverance. Love it. Okay. Um, now just tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. I did it differently this time. Instead of a spiral, I did a zigzag. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oop, wait, hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I'm pausing this. I'm going to do some quick tallying. Okay. And I'll come back with your future. That's how you do I love the idea of being a fortune teller through MASH. (laughs) This is just how I tell your fortune. I'll tell your future, but this is definitely coming true. Can I say one more thing before you end this, which is um, thank you for asking me to be here with you. Of course. Uh, First of all, it's a great excuse to get some one-on-one lady time with you. Yes, and I I agree completely, and um, I'm completely touched, and uh, I was also very uh, scared to do it because... Yeah, no reason. Yeah. This has been a complete joy. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Oh, my gosh. Do I have to do this weekly in order to see you? No, you have to do this weekly. Um, Okay, let me start with... uh, This is not on the MASH thing, but you can see as much of me as you want. I can predict that for your future right now. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'm going to start with the fact that... um, when you go home, there's going to be a marvelous deck that is just dedicated for to August's playtime, which is kind of wonderful. The other stuff can follow, but that's going to be that's, uh, first that's going first. to be really, really first things first. Let's get that play deck yeah. into the works. Um, I know that you had a lot of fun playing uh, when you were younger. Uh, I don't know if anything got was more fun to you than being in The Sound of Music. No. But that was probably a really, really positive experience. It was. I would uh, recreate. I'd make all the neighbor kids on Reeves Drive. Uh, there were nine of us, and I'd uh, choreograph and direct. Did you? And we would sing to the cars driving by at the 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock That's rush fantastic. hour. And I would take turns of being, you know, um, the eldest sister and uh, Maria. Yeah. Trap. It's, it is that good. It's yeah. just such a great, um, such a great movie. A musical, I And guess to I sing at cars, it's pretty fun. What a gift. Yeah. You weren't even charging anything like a lemonade no, stand. It was just free. It's fantastic. Yeah. Now, I'm excited to say that uh, we're going to be doing a lot of performing in this upcoming metropolitan city. And while you're there, you have, you and Oscar keep an apartment there. Oh. So not only can we go for theme park related stuff, but you guys can just go whenever you want. And it's in Paris. A flat. You have a little pied with, Yeah. In nice. Paris. Not bad. We didn't get the mansion. You didn't get the mansion. You got an apartment. That's okay. But in Paris, that's commitment. what you would have. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I always like when it works yeah, out yeah. that way because yeah. I, nobody has a house in Paris. So no. It's, it's flat. In Paris. You got a flat. You're in Paris, nice. by the way. You could be a shack, but it's not. It's, no. By the way, apartments in Paris can be like Mansions. the Dakota mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. Um, uh, I, Wouldn't that be awesome? Am, yes. Could you get working on that? I know. Straight away? I know. These really make me <laughs> want them to be real. Um, I want you to know that you are fluent in Mandarin. Really? 
Why? So that I don't know where you're going to use that, but you know what you might be able to be of help is like when you're having your dinner with Obama. Um, really? If he needs oh, any finally. like translator or anything like that, you know, I mean, yeah. you're, you're really up in the in the biz with uh, with uh, Obama. And so people just won't see it coming. When yeah, you break out. If you just Mandarin. bust out and all this Mandarin. It's going to be fantastic. Um, <sighs> the other thing that you are very good at is scuba diving. Finally. But not to be outdone, you can also run at the speed of light. <laughs> so satisfying. <laughs> I just would be so satisfied by that. Because I like the idea that you're not teleporting. You're, you're actually running. So you're feeling the invigoration of, of running. Do, and I do you probably, know what I mean? Yeah. Do I break a sweat? I mean, I don't even know. I don't know. Or maybe if I go less than the speed of light, I don't break sweat so that yeah. I could arrive and go to dinner. That's right. There. <laughs> you just dial it down <laughs> right. to the speed of sound. Yeah. Um, amazing. And then uh, I will leave you with the fact that... Uh, I'm and still I feel really certain. excited about my dinner with Obama. Oh, yeah. You. Please. That's uh, Not to gloss over and that. August that's pretty fantastic. Deck. Uh, and the and and then just to leave things with uh, something August related, um, and this I feel absolutely sure will come true because it's something that you can instill in her is just absolute perseverance. She will be uh, tough when she needs to be, tender when she needs to be, and she will not give up, and she'll be very strong. You know what? She kind of came in the world that way. See? Yeah. You know. You know what's so good. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing the Thank podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, guys, we will uh, talk to you next time on the podcast. I welcome you to weigh in per huge in various forms of social media. I bet you good day. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.